Hey, what's going on, everybody? Jesse Paul Smith, my Creative District podcast. Man, this episode is absolute fire. I sit down with my friend, Dr. Justin Mosley, aka the Mindset Doctor. We talk all about mindset, how he used mindset to grow a very successful seven-figure chiropractic business, but how a near-death experience actually changed his focus from building his own business to helping people go from comfort to calling. Trust me, you do not want to miss this episode. Let's get to it. Welcome to another episode of the My Creative District podcast, where we discuss how to channel your creative power into building the life you want, building the business you want, and making the impact you want. We believe creatives can live out a passionate and fulfilled life when they completely embrace their unique design and purpose. Want to turn your passion into profit? Stay tuned to hear from industry professionals, paradigm shifters, and world changers who have done just that and live it every day. This is the My Creative District podcast with your host, Jesse Paul Smith. Hey, what's going on, My Creative District podcast. Jesse Paul Smith here. I'm sitting down with my good friend, Justin Mosley, the mind doctor. Super excited to jump into this episode with you, dude. And you know, I know that you have uh, been a successful entrepreneur for a while. You, you know, built this uh, successful chiropractor clinic, but you had a really interesting wake up call that I'm kind of excited to talk about. And that's lead, led you to do what you're doing now, which is you know, helping people with mindset. And I am such a mindset junkie because I know what that has done for me in my life and my business. And I'm excited to, to dive into that with you, man. But I just first want to say thank you so much for being on the show uh, and, and saying yes. Yeah. Well, thank you for having me. And I'm excited to be here. Looking forward to it. Yeah, man. So I just want to give, you know, just start off a little bit. Mindset wasn't always like, your thing was it well it has been behind the scenes and i mindset has been the biggest reason for my success but i mean i read my first tony robbins book i have this still have the copy when i was 16 i wrote i read awaken the giant within and that really opened my mind up to what's possible that you can change your life if you change your beliefs if you believe in yourself then things can be different you don't have to settle with the way things are so after reading that, I mean, I started diving into more and more stuff. I couldn't afford his program. So I went to the library, got Get the Edge when it was actually on cassette. And I took it home and I dubbed the tapes, which people these days don't even know what that means. But I, I had the whole set of them and I would just listen to it over and over. And doing that over the years, when I, I started my practice back in 2012 with my wife, immediately when we started our business, we had success. Now, a lot of people can look at that and say, oh, it was an overnight success. No, it was the years of work that we, we had done in ourselves that led to the success. So mindset was always a part of it, but I not the teaching and uh, the coaching that I do on mindset now. No, I, I got into, I'm a chiropractor by trade, still own a clinic outside of Nashville, Tennessee, and my wife's a chiropractor. She actually runs the clinic. And I did that open in 2012 until 2018, when I actually had a near-death experience that caused me to shift gears. And I, I definitely want to chat a little bit about that, but I find it interesting, man. First of all, Tony Robbins has played a significant role in my 
mindset journey. Actually, the first book that I read of his was Unlimited Power and um, such a powerful book. And that actually is what helped me develop the sales process that we use to scale, you know, 10x the revenue of a hearing, uh, hearing aid practice that I had and, and, uh, and really shifted my, my mindset with not only my own mindset, but even how to influence people with sales and all that kind of stuff. But I mean, you said you jumped into this at 16. Uh, you know, most 16 year olds aren't reading a Tony Robbins book. And for those of you guys that are listening to this, that Tony Robbins book is not, he doesn't write small books. They're all like 500, 800 page books with like super small font. Right. (laughs) So what encouraged you to, to dive into a book like that at 16? Yeah, I think it was really growing up. My dad is an entrepreneur and he started his own video production company in Nashville. And I used to spend the summers going to work with him. And just watching him build this business that really intrigued me. And then I've always been fascinated in human performance and human potential. And always like looking at, even in the same profession, why can people do the exact same systems, but there's sales, they have the exact same scripts, they do the exact same thing. Why do some people do really well and some people not do well at all? And it really comes to their level of mindset, their level of personal growth and development. So... That's why I've studied it for so long because I wanted to master it myself. And now I get to help other people do that as well. Man, and that's so, I'm so glad you brought that up too, because I think there's, there's kind of this, there's this thought process out there, especially for performers, like, ah, they got, you know, they got lucky. Like they had a hit song at the right time, or, you know, they had this dance video go viral at the right time, or, you know, they blew up on TikTok at the right time. And, you know, some people just attribute luck to success. And, you know, I truly believe that the level of our success it is in direct correlation with the level of our thinking. And, you know, it's also why people that are less talented can make it further than some people that, you know, have so much talent. I know one of my things when I was when I first moved out to California in 2005 that I was blown away from is when I would go to Santa Monica and all the performers that would be out there and man, the musicians that were out there, the dancers that were out there were people that like nobody knew about, but, and their talent was crazy, but they weren't booking anything. They weren't successful at all. It's not because of the talent that they had. It was, it was the way that they looked at the opportunities in front of them and how to be able to capture different opportunities. And so um, I'm curious, like when, when, you know, you work with people that have, you know, that to, to shift their mind, right. To shift them going from, from thinking one way to thinking another, why is mindset arguably to you? Why do you think that that's more important or as important to work on than skill set because I think so many people work on the skill set part. Yeah, and I think it does come together. For me, I, th- I think there's three pillars: there's mindset, there's skill set, and there's heart set. Because you got to have the heart, the passion. That's what drives you, and then you do have to develop the skill. Like if you have a skill that is a fourteen dollar an hour skill, well, that's the level you're going to reach. But you can continue to develop your skills and get better, and and you can. There's an unlimited possibility to the skill that you can develop. But the mindset is what takes you to that next level, because as you're developing the skill, the mindset opens you to the opportunities to go out and get that higher paying job, 
to start your own business, to have the power to actually have the confidence in yourself. Because I really believe the reason most people don't get what they want in life is because the story they tell themselves of why they can't have it. And that's all mindset. They don't really believe that they can have what they want to have that they can do what they want to do in life. So when you can overcome that belief and actually create a new, empowering, compelling vision for your life, then you can actually be inspired to go make it happen. I've got so many questions that are coming to my mind from that statement. But so we live in a content rich world right now, right? We've got so much at our fingertips and it feels like every time I'm on YouTube or uh, TikTok or, or Instagram, like there's a million motivational things out there. There's a million mindset programs out there. There's a million books on mindset, but why do you think there are so many people that are reading or ingesting the content, but not actually growing their mindset? Yeah. I think a big part of that is accountability. People need to have accountability to step forward in life because they don't hold themselves accountable. Now, if you can hold yourself accountable, that's different. I look at Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan set such a high standard on himself. He didn't need other people to hold him accountable. And that's why he was so successful. So if you can, if you can hold yourself accountable to move forward, then you can make it happen. Unfortunately, most people can't, which that's okay. You just recognize it and you get accountability from someone else. You get a coach, you get people around you that can support you. But even with that, you have to have the right people because most people aren't supportive of your dreams. A lot of people will tell you why you can't make that happen. You got to surround yourself with the right people that will encourage you, inspire you to make you have, make it happen. And not in a way that's false hope too. Like, Oh no, you're so talented. If you suck at dancing, but your friend tells you how amazing you are, which we see that all the time in like American idol, like who actually encouraged that person to go try out? They did it anyways. So you got to have people that will be real in your life and tell you the truth, but I actually help you with the next steps to make your, make your dreams a reality. So let's talk about practicality here and, and, you know, putting mindset to work. So you said that, you know, a big part of your success had to do with, uh, you know, the mindset stuff that you had been learning, even in your teenage years, like what ways did you use mindset to actually build your business? Cause I think we've heard people say that, but actually putting that into, you know, tactical steps that you can utilize and you can model and you can replicate, like what, what ways did you use that to grow your chiropractor business? Yeah. So speaking of modeling, that's one of the biggest things that I learned from Tony Robbins was how to model success because success leaves clues. So for me, I was a severe introvert. Like I couldn't speak in front of a handful of people, let alone a group of people. And I remember even in college, I, I took a speech class and I got up there. My, I was looking at my note card. My hands were shaking so bad. My voice was shaking. I finished that speech and I was like, I'm never going to speak again. But the problem is most people, they would just buy into that. Like, no, I'm an introvert. I'm not meant to speak. I'm not meant to do this. And they live the rest of their life like that. For me, I was like, no, I have this calling that I want to impact people and I want to make a difference. So in order to do that, I need to overcome this limiting factor of being an introvert. So what did I do? I started studying people like Tony Robbins, who was an amazing speaker. So I watched, how does he use his body? How does he use his, his voice inflection? How does he use his presence on stage? Used him, used Jack Canfield, which was another mentor of mine. Just watched all these amazing speakers as well. And I started to model them. And I started to show up. And even as I was practicing speaking, I wasn't speaking as myself, I was speaking as them. 
And I did that over and over until I started to believe that I had those capabilities. And if you do that enough over and over, repetition is key. You do it enough that your body actually starts to take on those beliefs. So you can do it with anything. You want to be a better speaker, model somebody's speaking style. You want to be a better salesperson, watch, go interview the top salespeople in your field, find out what they do. What are their, those key factors that make the big difference? And you start embodying those and you do it over and over and you can actually lead yourself to success. So what were some things that you guys were noticing that you were doing differently because of obviously mindset helps us see things differently, right? We, we see the landscape differently. And I know that, you know, you must've been going to conferences and, and, you know, networking with other chiropractors, but what were you seeing was kind of your unfair advantage because you had spent so much time developing, you know, a different mindset, a higher, a higher level mindset that was giving you guys the ability to outpace your peers that were building practices similar to yours. Yeah. And it goes back to even when I was in chiropractic school, I was looking up to people ahead of me and say, Hey, what do I need to do now to be successful in practice? And I went to a mentor and I was looking for, what is that strategy? What is that thing that I need to study? What do I need to do? And he said, the only thing you need to do is work on yourself. And if you grow yourself, you're going to be successful. So I kept doing that. I kept working on myself, getting myself better mindset, my own skill set, my heart set, getting better. And by the time we started our practice, I think all the mindset stuff boiled down really comes to belief. If you have this unwavering belief in yourself that you can do something, then you can make it happen. The problem is there's so much doubt around us. There's so much unbelief. So if you can over, overcome that and start to have this belief in yourself. So that by the time we opened, we didn't take a business loan to start a practice. Like it was do or die time. We're just going to go make it happen. And we did because we believed in ourselves. We knew our talents. We knew our ability. We had developed our skill, but there was a lot of other people that had that skill too. What we had was the belief that we would make this happen. And that's what, what made us successful. What do you think were some of the ways that helped you to develop that belief? Because I mean, I definitely agree with what you're saying for sure. Right. And I was very much a skill focused type of person. Show me, you know, show me what you're doing and I'm just going to duplicate that. Right. And I think the shift for me was when I spent time with one of my mentors, Chris Robinson, who now runs, you know, the John Maxwell team. And he, I went and spent all this, this, I spent a significant amount of money to go see him and spend a day with him. And, and, uh, I remember he said, I'll, I'll give you a, I'll give you an open book to my systems, you know, down to my calendaring tools, what I do there. And, you know, and it's funny because we're like, oh, if I just use all the fancy tools that they use and I do all the things that they do, then I'm going to be successful. And that's exactly what I was going down there to, to, to do is to find this, this playbook. Um, but it was interesting because Chris and I are two different types of people and none of his playbook fit me very well. Like, I was just like, this is just not how I would operate. And I remember that the only thing I took away from that whole day with him, I mean, he showed me a bunch of valuable stuff, but the only thing I took away from, I said, Chris, what would be the one thing that you would tell me from an entrepreneur, you know, we are where we're at in our business. You know, what would you tell me that we need to do with our business where we're at right now? And I remember him looking at me and said, Jesse, 
build it how you want it to look. What he was giving me was permission to do it my way. But the only way for us to do it my way and to do it the way that we're designed to do it is if we believe in the value of ourselves and we believe that, you know, our vision can possibly actually happen. So, but I I think it's one thing to say, you need to go believe in yourself. That's fantastic. How does somebody that has zero belief in themselves right now be able to change that about themselves? How do they actually be able to take steps to increase the belief that they have in themselves? Yeah, I think two of the biggest things you can do to increase belief is affirmation and visualization. So one, using affirmations and affirmations in a way that affirm what you want. Because I like to tell people you you have to speak louder than the voices in your head. Because the voices in your head are always going to be speaking. They're going to say, no, you can't do this. You're not good enough. You're not smart enough. You don't know enough. Those voices are always there. So you got to create affirmations that speak louder than those voices. Now, a lot of people do affirmations wrong. They looked up somebody, they Googled positive affirmations and they just read these every morning and it's supposed to do something for them. That's not what affirmations are about. The whole point of an affirmation is to move you emotionally. So if you took your mentor's affirmations and just read them every day, it's not going to speak to you because you're a different person. So you need to create affirmations that actually make you feel emotionally connected and make you want to actually move forward toward hitting a goal. So create your goals and create affirmations around those goals that that you are tied into emotionally. And then secondly is visualizing. And I'm curious with your background, if you use visualization in performers, because I know a lot of performers do, but a lot of times building a skill set, practicing it over and over, you build the repetition, but there's power in visualizing. I work with a lot of athletes and they use visualization all the time because visualization is a way to practice and get better without physically doing something. And studies show your mind can't tell the difference between a something that's real and something that's vividly imagined. So if you imagine it over and over, then your body actually physically thinks that you have gained this skill. And the, the, the golfer, Jack Nicholas, he said, I never hit a shot, not even in practice without a clear vision in my mind of where that ball was going. Like he had already seen in his mind exactly where he was going to place that ball. So I think we need to do that with our own lives. We need to visualize, visualize the success that we want to have. You want to write a book, visualize what is it like to be a best-selling author? What is it like to speak on stages and to impact people and influence? What is it like to dance in front of thousands of people? Like, what does that feel like? And really put yourself in the moment, feel the feeling that it would feel like in that moment. That's so powerful. I, I, I definitely have used visualization too. Um, I've battled with depression and anxiety. And, um, that has been a powerful tool that I've used to actually, you know, get myself out of that as Tony will say out of that state. Right. Um, it's, it's definitely really important. So now I, I do want to, I want to talk a little bit about a really pivotal moment for you in your life, because, um, I think there's a lot of people that, that uh, we're talking about belief. They've been out there and they tried it, right? They've, they've, they kind of like me in 2005, 2006, going out to LA, having small success, and then coming home with our tail between our legs. And then we have this belief system. Well, I guess it wasn't in the cards for me. 
and you have a, an experience where you kind of got comfortable and you had something that woke you up. And I think that, you know, there's different ways you can get comfortable. You can get comfortable in your own pain. You can get comfortable in your own failure and being, being starting to believe that I was never meant to do this all the while the gifts and the talents that you've been given have been given to you for a purpose. And it was never to lay dormant and it was never to lay to be uh, an antagonizer and kind of poke at you just to remind you of the failure that you had. And uh, so I want to, I want to dive a little bit into 2018 for you um, and what happened uh, to you that year. Yeah. And I agree. Cause a lot of people, you get comfortable in different ways. Like you can have a lot of success and be comfortable and just say, Hey, I'm good with where I'm at. But I work with a lot of people too. Like you were saying that they've tried stuff and they're, they're just comfortable there. They don't want to step out to actually follow their dream. So, or maybe they followed their dream at one point that phase was over. So then they're stuck here. And what I've found with a lot of people is they don't want to pursue the next thing because in their mind, that's just going to prove that, Hey, they don't have what it takes. So you know what? It's more comfortable just to stay in this pain that I'm at than the, than the pain of having to put myself out there and face rejection and ha- actually have to do the work to, to make it to the next level. So there's different levels of comfort. Now for me in 2018, I mean, life was good. I had what most people would call success. I had a seven figure business. I had the house, the cars traveling with my wife. I mean, life was good. And I was living my purpose. I was helping people. I was making a difference. And then in 2018, I went on a men's retreat and we went whitewater rafting and we get up to the class five rapids and we drop in and the raft just, just flips over. And it was like in slow motion. I was in the back of the raft and the rapid came over the back and I actually got sucked under the rapid. And I still remember getting pushed down. My helmet hit the rocks. I remember the sound of my helmet sliding down the rocks. And the last thing I remember thinking was, I'm not coming back up. And then everything just went black. And then everything went bright white. And it was the most peaceful, serene feeling I'd ever felt. And then after that that time, then I heard this voice that said, wake up. And thankfully, I did because... I came to, and I was actually stuck underwater wedged between two rocks and I tried to push and I didn't budge. And thankfully my adrenaline kicked in. I was able to push hard enough. I broke the buckle on my life jacket, floated to the top and came down to the side of the river gasping for air. And that really rocked me. So in that moment, I mean, we all question our purpose. Why are we here? What are we meant to do? But in that moment, I asked a different question. I said, why am I still here? Because things could have been different in that moment. What if I would have never heard wake up? What if I didn't have the strength to break my life jacket and float to the top? Things could have been different. And what I noticed as I was processing that is I realized, yes, I was living my purpose, but I was playing way too small. There was so much of a bigger calling on my life, but I had gotten comfortable. And that's when I realized I needed to exchange my comfort for my calling. And I think that's what a lot of people need to realize is, man, you're not doing the world any favors by playing small. Like This is real life. This is not a dress rehearsal. We get one shot at this thing. So one of the questions you can ask yourself, like you don't have to have a near-death experience to change. Learn from Tony Robbins. The quality of your life is determined by the quality of the questions you ask yourself. So anybody can ask themselves this right now is, why am I still here? Because you're listening to this right now. 
you, you have air in your lungs, your heart is beating, like you are here for a purpose. Spend time with that question. Why are you still here? What is the calling on your life? Maybe it has to do with the experiences you've went through. Like I even know for you personally, the, all the experience you had in life, now you're able to tie that in to speak life into other people. So who knows? That's the, that's the time you have to spend with yourself. But I'm here to encourage you. It's time to exchange your comfort for your calling because you are here for a purpose. And if you can really dial into that, it's going to be uncomfortable. It's uncomfortable to step out of that comfort zone and onto the right path towards your calling. But now's the time because again, you're not doing the world any favors by playing small. I love that. I love that. I mean, I, man, if I could jump up and down right now, if people could see me with a sign just going, yes, yes, yes. I, I, that is such the heartbeat of, of who I am. Um, partially because that's, I know what it's like struggling with feeling like, you know, uh, my life is done you know? Um, and, and so, but, you know, I, I, I know me working with a lot of entrepreneurs, me working with performers, I hear this a lot is like, well, how do I know what my life purpose is? How do I, how do I, how do I know exactly what I'm supposed to do? So when you're working with your clients and, and, and walking them through this process, like, what are some of the questions that you're, having them ask themselves that can help guide them. Cause I think purpose is such a big word that people get kind of, kind of intimidated by it and, and they don't know where to, where to go with it. Yeah. And a lot of it comes down to identity. Like for you, your identity was being that performer. And then when that was taken from you, you're like, who am I now? Like that was my identity. Same thing happened for me. So back in 2015, I actually blew my shoulder out. And at the time I was a chiropractor and I was an amazing chiropractor, helped lots of people going to the point where I couldn't even lift my arm. So I couldn't physically lay my hands on people. So I went through a dark period there. Cause I was like, man, my identity is a chiropractor, but I can't even physically help people. But what I realized, and it gave me freedom and hopefully it'll give somebody listening freedom is your identity is not what you do. What you do is just what you do. It's not who you are. So whatever your job is, whatever that talent is, that's just one of your skills, but that's not who you are. So when you can really find out who you are, that's your identity and that can lead to your purpose. So yes, you were an awesome performer, but there was something deeper inside of you that was your identity, which is now you've, you have to use that in performance, but now you're using that in a different area. So same thing for me. I went from my identity was a chiropractor to no. My true identity is I'm here to impact people and make a difference. Chiropractic was just a vehicle for that. So now I can use that. And I now I got a much larger vehicle, which now I'm able to coach, speak, and influence people all over the world versus just people in my town. So back to the purpose, though. So, so most people think that their purpose has to be some big, grand, Mother Teresa-sized purpose. I need to feed the hungry, do this or that. Maybe it starts with... I need to put a smile on somebody's face today. That's what I'm here for. I'm here just to make a difference in the next person because, hey, let's say you want to impact a million people. It starts with the one. It starts with that next person. So the, the starting point in finding purpose is look at your life experience. What have you been through? The wins and the losses. Because a lot of times the biggest thing is the things that you've been through that hurt the most the most struggle you went through, because then you can actually use your struggle to speak to somebody else, to help that person who was where you were 
to get to where you are now. And you can just help them through their pain and help that. That's a huge purpose right there. So I like to look at what are your life experiences? How can you use those to help someone else? You know, one of the things I think is a blessing and a curse for performers is we're big visionaries, right? We want to see this grandiose stage with lights and thousands of people, you know, watching us do what we love to do. And although those things are great, I think sometimes we lose sight of how important small beginnings can be, small resurrections can be, small steps can be, um, because your small steps do lead to, to bigger things. And I think I know myself personally, I've struggled well, if it doesn't have this size of audience, or if it doesn't have this size of, uh, you know, reach or whatever the deal is, then it's not that big of a deal. I'm not going to promote it that much. I'm not going to put that effort into it as much. But the fact of the matter is, is that, you know, that we have to be faithful in the small things before we can be given bigger things. And I think we definitely, definitely overlook that. And, and so let me ask you this, because I mean, you, like you said, you had a seven figure chiropractic business and then, you know, you, you have this near death experience and you realize that you want to go, you want to help people move from comfort to calling but that's basically starting over. Yeah, I went from, because when I was in practice, I had already transitioned after I blew my shoulder out to just being the CEO of the practice. I wasn't the face of practice. I wasn't adjusting anybody at the time. So even like on social media, I wasn't on social media because I didn't want people to see me and want to come see me in the practice. So I went from that to shifting gears to having to put myself online and build a brand and build a following. So it was a completely different thing, but it came back to the same process I was just talking about. What were your talents? What were your abilities? What were the things that you went through? Your passions? Like for me, Tony Robbins, when I was 16, started me on this passion of personal growth. So what happened was I stepped back and I was like, man, if money wasn't an issue, I could just do whatever brings me joy and can help people. What would I do? And I was like, I just want to put out content on mindset and personal growth and development. It changed my life. I know it will help somebody else. But even then, I was like, I don't know if anybody's going to listen, but I just started putting stuff out. And I started a Facebook group back in, I believe, March of 2020. And it quickly grew to a thousand people in the first month. And I was like, all right, people are listening. So I wasn't even setting out to, to be a coach or start a coaching business. I was just doing this as a passion. It was a passion project for me. I just was putting stuff out and people wanted it. So that led into uh, group coaching. I do mastermind retreats. I do one-on-one -on -one coaching and I, I do a lot of speaking, but it all came of this idea of, I want to serve and I want to give. And honestly, I've built multiple businesses off of that, off of two things. One, Jesus didn't come to be served. He came to serve. And then the next was Zig Ziglar. You can get anything you want in life if you help enough other people get what they want. So really it just came from a pack. Hey, if I try to impact people and try to help people, the success, the money, all that is a byproduct of the serving and the giving. Yeah. And I, and I, I think we, uh, it's easy to lose sight of that, right? Um, our validation sometimes comes from the likes on our social media uh, following, or it comes from the money in the bank account. Not that None of that. I mean, all of that is important. If you want to run a business, you want to, you know, develop a brand, you got to have finances behind it. But I think understanding how do we serve the, the people that we serve and serve them well, 
um, that really does lead to the, to the byproduct. And so, um, so, I mean, you have this massive shift and so what, you know, what are you doing now? What are you up to now? And, and how are you living out this, this, uh, calling? Yeah. And something actually ties into what you said a minute ago about performers wanting to see that grand vision, thousands of people they're performing in front of. So you'll actually like this and probably your listeners can resonate. So when I was 18, I actually had a vision that there was me on stage. Like I grew up around country music. My dad's a video producer here in Nashville. So I grew up around it and I loved it. So I actually had a vision of me on stage looking out at the crowd and they're crying. So I was like, it was one of those moments. It was like, this is a vision from God. Like I'm supposed to be a country music singer. So I went for it. Like I started taking guitar lessons. I started taking voice lessons. The problem is I can't sing. So I was like, well, what's the deal? Like this was a vision. Like I saw myself performing. I saw the tears. I saw connecting emotionally. Like what is going on? So time goes by, whatever. So fast forward to just last year. So over 20 years later, I'm doing an in-person retreat, mastermind retreat. And I'm sitting there. It's a small group. There's about 12 of them there. And I look out at everybody's crying. And in that moment, that vision came back. And what was shown to me in that moment was the vision was never, you're supposed to be a country music singer, connecting people that way. It's just, you were supposed to be on a stage, on a platform, connecting with people emotionally. And I was brought right back to that moment of, look, your dream did come true. This was the vision and this is the vision fulfilled. So it doesn't always look the way we think it's supposed to look. So for me now, that's what I love doing best is the mastermind retreats, just the small group. You can get intimate, you can get breakthroughs. So I do that. I do uh, group coaching as well as one-on-one too. So really just trying to help people step into their own power so they can live with more purpose, passion, peace, and profit. Because the reality is, yeah, we have to have the money side figured out, but the money's not the goal. The money's just something we have to pay the bills. We have to, to provide our life. But really it comes down to once the money piece is solved, then you can look at purpose and passion and the fulfillment side of things, which was what really matters. Yeah, man. I, I love that story. I, um, I think that's a common thing that we do, you know, we do get a vision of where we're going, but there's the vision and then there's the interpretation of the vision. Right. And I think a lot of people feel like they have failed because their interpretation of the vision didn't turn out the way they interpreted it to. And I know that from my own life, that's actually been a huge thing for me is, you know, I thought my passion is to perform, but now I perform by, yeah, I dance on stage, but I dance on stage because I'm the guy that, you know, teaches businesses how to scale. Uh, and my unique proposition is I, I was a performer and I still get to dance. People still want to see me dance. And so I get to do that. But, you know, I interpreted it as I was going to be this big, you know, recording artist, dancer on stage, you know, flashy lights and that and that never happened. And so what happens when you have a, a, a failed or you have a misinterpretation of a vision and it doesn't happen the way that you think it's going to, you automatically equate yourself as a failure And that's what keeps so many people bound right now is they just, they have misinterpreted what the vision was supposed to be like. And so now they think they're a failure. So now they're living comfortably in their pain and uh, missing out on their purpose. And so, you know, we kind of talked about this, but 
you know, what are some other ways you talked about the questions that are important to kind of jar us out, but what are some ways also that you encourage people to, to kind of jar themselves out of that comfort? Cause sometimes comfort quickly turns into a rut. Yeah. And speaking of ruts, I mean, ruts, we, we think of getting in a rut is negative, but the reality is it can go either way. And if you look at the analogy of what is a rut, like if a farmer goes, takes his tractor the same way every single day, go out to the field over and over and over, he creates a rut. And if he wanted to get out of that rut and pull to the side, it would take a lot of effort to get out of that rut. But what if you created a good rut that was leading towards good habits in, in a positive direction that allowed you to stay on the path towards your goal instead of a path of negativity? So a rut can be, that's when we're in a, in a habit of doing things over and over that leads us to something negative, but let's switch it and lead to something positive. So what do we need to do? We need to start creating some positive momentum in our life, creating some positive habits. And the number one habit people need to do is create gratitude daily. And I think a lot of people, even if they start a gratitude practice, they do it wrong. They're like, okay, I'm going to wake up and I'm going to maybe the five minute journal, write down three things I'm grateful for. Well, it becomes just a checklist of, okay, I did it. I'm thankful for this, this, and this. Gratitude really becomes to, and I like to use appreciation. It's the actual feeling of how thankful I am for this. Not just, I wrote down, I'm thankful for my wife. I'm thankful for my house, whatever it is, but actually feeling grateful for it. Uh, one of my mentors, Dr. John D. Martini, he, he has a, Actually, I did a seminar this past weekend. He has been, had a running gratitude journal that he showed us through Zoom. It's over 4,000 pages long now <laughs> because he constantly tracks every single thing that he truly appreciates in life. And every morning he doesn't get out of bed until he has a tear of gratitude out of his eye because he feels the emotion of gratitude. So if you can get the emotion of gratitude every single day, and being a man of faith, uh, Paul talks about uh, being in a state of prayer. Well, a state of prayer isn't just I'm physically praying, but he's in the state of prayer. So I think the, trying to do that with gratitude, where I'm thankful for the moment and I'm present and actually have appreciation for the people around me and the things that I'm doing, because it's so easy to get lost. We get lost in social media. We get lost in our to-do list. But if we can truly be in a state of gratitude and appreciation, then things start to change around us. And that's one of those little mindset shifts that sounds too easy. But if you try it and you truly do it, your life will change. Opportunities will start showing up in, into your life that you never even thought existed. Yeah, that's, man, that's so powerful to, to realize that sometimes the way that we can break ourselves out of comfort, I guess, normalcy or, or even complacency is starting to be grateful. And sometimes even thinking about like being grateful for the gifts that you've been given, being grateful for the fact that you can sing, that you can dance, that you can do the things that, you know, that you can do because for everything that you have, every gift, every talent that you have, there are a thousand people somewhere else wishing they had it. And uh, I think sometimes that's a, that's a great reminder for, for all of us to, to, to think about. Well, Man, Justin, I, again, I really appreciate uh, this conversation. If people want to connect with you and kind of learn more about what you're doing, uh, where can they find you? Yeah, I have a free Facebook group, the Mindset Doctor community on Facebook. And yeah, reach out to me, DM me on Instagram, Dr. Justin Mosley, or go to drjustinmosley.com. And yeah, I'd love to connect with anyone here to serve any way I can. 
Yeah, man. Well, I definitely, uh, I definitely appreciate it and make sure you, uh, hit this man up. He's got a wealth of knowledge. Uh, we don't want to, uh, we don't want to take that for granted, AKA the mindset doctor, Justin Mosley. Thank you so much. And, uh, looking forward to seeing your future success, brother. Thank you so much. And same to you. Appreciate this opportunity. Thank you for listening to another episode of the My Creative District podcast with your host, Jesse Paul Smith. Here, we turn your passion into profit. Follow us on Facebook and stay tuned for another episode of the My Creative District podcast.